Welcome to AIs and with Andrew and Jen, a podcast where a designer and a data scientist break it down and duke it out over how to create awesome AI experiences. Welcome to AI Zen with Andrew and Jen. This is our first podcast episode together. And Andrew, um, hi. I know we've never met, but I feel like I've known you for years. Hi, Jen. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Again. Um, so Andrew and I kind of met online because we both write about AI and, and the things that we do at IBM, and we kind of seem to have the same tone. So we thought we might try talking to each other and seeing if um, podcasting would be something that would be a faster way than writing for us to do, I think. So, um, Andrew, what, maybe we should just tell everybody, like, what, why don't you start by telling people what this podcast is going to be about? Sure. So this is going to be a chance for us to share our experiences uh, with AI, everything about AI. And uh, we enjoy sharing knowledge. We, we hope you get something interesting out of this. For myself, I've spent a lot of time doing a delivery of AI projects, and I have a lot of stories and experiences about how we build uh, these projects, how we build a successful project, things we ought to do more of, things we ought to do less of or try to avoid. And I'm particularly interested in sharing those nuggets with you. Yeah, and you're looking at it from a data scientist perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, which is awesome because I only kind of little know a bit about that. But um, this is why we started talking. Andrew's on the data side and I'm on the design side, which seems to be a bridge that we need to get more familiar with, especially when we're developing products because I don't get to work with you know, the end-to-end product very often. I work across all the teams in hybrid cloud when they've been asked to implement machine learning in some way. So helping them understand what that process is going to be like from a design standpoint, and then all the things they're going to need to do to move into development and GA, and then maintaining their models after that is something that for designers, we don't necessarily understand that. So, um, I'm really excited that we're going to get to do this because I want to understand more too. So today, Andrew, we were going to start off by talking about how to get started on your AI project, which is a question I get asked maybe 50 times a day now with our groups. But how do you, so let's start with you because I don't know anything about from a data standpoint, like how you guys are identifying projects to start with, but how do you, how do you do it? Yeah. So even before I start thinking about the data, I start thinking about what's the problem I want to solve and uh, is AI even an appropriate solution for this kind of problem? Uh, a lot of times I think, boy, it'd be fun to sprinkle some AI into this project. And, and that's really what this, this project needs. But if it comes as a, a sort of top down degree with, with no need, uh, no user goal that's going to be satisfied through the use of AI, it's sort of a pointless exercise. Oh, man. Can we talk about that for a second? The top-down pre. So, so many times I'll be working with teams to set up an AI design camp for them and ask them, why are you using AI? And the answer is, they kind of look sideways and look at each other. And then the answer is, our executive told us we had to. 
which obviously is kind of the worst possible reason to do it. But why why are executives telling us to do it? You have a theory on that? Yeah, well, well, certainly uh, as the 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 new thing of you can certainly imagine people being asked to, to stuff in an AI and, and probably a blockchain next, um, and whatever whatever else is the next fad, of course. Um, but to be fair to those executives, uh, there may really be an opportunity uh, to improve a product through AI. Um, this is a kind of uh, computing technology that's fairly new, uh, hasn't been used in, in a lot of solutions, and generally there is a way to, um, uh, to, to improve a user experience with it. Um, and, and you could certainly take a brainstorming exercise, you know, where, where could it fit into, the, into what we're doing, into what our users are doing, or what new things are made possible now that I, I've got this technology. Uh, an example would be uh, previously solutions were built heavily upon structured data, which I think of as you know, just rows and columns uh, tabular data, et cetera. And, and that was easily programmed with, with rules. Uh, however, if I've, if I've got a fair amount of unstructured text, uh, this is an interesting place where you can start uh, applying some AI technologies, and that may be something you weren't able to do before. Okay, hold on. You said rules. And I keep bumping into this term, and I want to make sure we all know what that is. So for designers, when you say you could use AI or maybe you could just use rules, what does that mean? Yeah, I, I'm referring to traditional deterministic programming, if, then, else, uh, the traditional uh, control logic that's built into pretty much every programming language. Yeah, so like any if this happens, computer, then do this, computer, kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so it's just a logic, like a decision tree, really. Yes. Okay, not a fancy decision tree. Like, um, what do they call those? Recursive, regressive? Yeah, I think you're thinking recursive. Uh, and some, some of these uh, logics, they, they can get complex. Uh, so take any marketing campaign, you know, if the user is between 18 and 25 and they've purchased this in the last six months and they've expressed interest in this, do this unless they've already opted out, et, et cetera. So um, you can get fairly complex with these, but again, they're all based on numeric or Boolean, very easily uh, found or determined attributes. So what would distinguish, I can use roles, what would push it into, up? Oh, I need to use AI? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, how to start with that. Uh, so certainly with, with rules, if there's a, a fair, if there's a, a finite set of rules that you want to come to, let's say there's, there's 10 rules uh, that must be followed yay verily or we're all in trouble, uh, then rules is a totally appropriate way to go. If if you can't describe it in in ten rules, but you would need to describe it in four million rules, then maybe maybe you don't want to be writing four million rules, and you'd rather train a system to recognize things by example. I see. Okay, so the recognizing things by example, I get. 
So, yes, I get that you would want to use AI if you have a lot of variables. So things like let's talk about a really simple one that's, you know, may or may not be kosher thing to talk about right now. But let's talk about visual recognition. So if you're going to distinguish something really simple, like is this a cat or is this a fish, dear computer, I'm going to show you 10 cats and 10 fish. And typically you can get a pretty successful model out of that, right? Sure. So that seems like some easy rules. Does it have fins? Does it have fur? Does it have this? Now, why would I use machine learning instead of just rules for something like that? Well, well, actually, you you hit on the reason exactly. Um, The problem of determining does it have fins or or claws or or what have you is actually exceptionally difficult. Um, How how would you take, in a programmatic approach, how would you take a picture of a cat and and identify that it has claws? Um, That's actually very difficult. The, The claws can be... They can be they can be out, you know, looking like they're going to scratch you. They could be hidden. Um, the cat could be facing in any number of directions, right? So it turns out that there's uh, to detect the picture. The picture of a cat would take you uh, a huge number of rules, and I, I can't even begin to think how I would write those rules up. Uh, however, when we're using a visual recognition AI, we're letting it decide how it should determine these images are uh, cats or fish. All we're telling it is it's a cat or a fish, and we're letting it decide how. I love this aspect of visual recognition because it wasn't like, it wasn't it took me a while to understand that what the system was actually doing was drawing vector lines around objects and then figuring out, oh, this kind of line, when it looks like this, that's fur. This kind of line, that's a claw. And it's doing it all on its own. Exactly. So rad. Love that. Okay, so let's come, let's come back to the whole, like, how do you start your project? So you're saying, first, figure out if you need AI. We should talk about the kinds of things that we need AI for. Like, when is a really good time to use it? So do you see, I, I know you are working, you're client-facing, you're on the IBM consulting side, and I'm on the internal product side. So... I'm always looking at what are our users, our customers from IBM going to want to use it for. Mm -hmm. So it's always going to be stuff like analytics or personalization a lot of times. But what kind of things are you seeing from our clients? Yes. So so the first one, and and perhaps the easiest, one of my favorites anyway, is just a simple classification task. The classification is the, the process of putting things into one or more categories, essentially. And each one of us has experience with a classifier in our daily lives. Our email systems are doing some sort of classification for us. At the very least, uh, pretty much every email is doing a spam or not spam. And behind the scenes, that's just a classifier. And that's been trained on millions or billions of emails that are uh, legitimate. Um, We call them ham, actually, or... Uh, spam emails, you know, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody has ex- has experience with one of these classifiers already. Uh, and, and actually, Jen, your your example about the 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 fish and the cat again, that's a classification problem. Uh, so so we do classification uh, with emails, with text. Uh, behind every chatbot is is a classifier, which uh, 
when you type something to the chatbot, it's trying to determine your intent. Um, and it's ultimately doing that through the use of classifier. Uh, we've also used it, seen it used to uh, sort things into um, classes by tone. So let's imagine I'm a customer service firm. I want to know which which customers are angry. Uh, I can I can feed their feed the uh, the updates from that user either an email or a tweet or what have you. Feed it through a classifier and determine pretty quickly uh, which category it belongs to. So I see that one. As a, as a quick win that uh, a, lot of, a lot of clients are able to uh, start out with. This is where I think it, it, uh, designers, we can get hung up and overwhelmed really easily by why are we using AI? I don't know what the best use case is. I want to see a bunch of examples when what you really need to understand is the logic. And the way I've started describing it is, AI is the labeling of things. If you can teach a computer to recognize a thing, then there's a lot you can do with that information. So looking at your system that you're going to be designing AI for in terms of what things happen in my product that the, this AI model could recognize. Mm -hmm. You're talking about intense or maybe we, you know, if a person logs in, well, now we know a username. We know what time they logged in. So the first thing we start doing in design thinking camp when we're talking about AI, after we talk about user intent, we talk about data and we talk about what system the data is recognizing from the world and the business and the users themselves. And if you know that, then you know you've probably got some good use cases for AI, as long as you're recognizing something. Absolutely. And, and you had a great point about that you, you can teach the system. I, I would actually say you have to teach the system which means you have to be able to teach the system. Uh, and that entails making sure that you have the, the data to, to teach the system, as well as the willingness to put in the time and effort to uh, collect that data and to, to feed it into the system and potentially iterate on, on these teaching cycles. I'm so glad you said that because it brings it back around to that. Why are executives asking us to do this? question. To me, even if all your executive knows is that AI is a hot topic and we should get it into our products so that our marketing teams can start sharing that with our customers, even if that's the only reason. And you look at your product and you say, where are we going to fit machine learning in here? The one answer you might come up with is, well, we don't have any data being collected in our system right now. And the first thing we need to do is start figuring out how to collect data so that we can implement AI later on. I think that's a totally valid reason for executives, regardless of whether they're, they're thinking it's a chatbot or we're going to have a really predictive analytics engine in the background. So many of us are blocked by not knowing what data we are collecting. And even if we do have data, it's not being labeled in a way that we can use. That's the first step, right? Absolutely. And I've seen this time and time again where we were asked to implement an AI solution and the, the data needed to train it isn't available. And we establish a process by which they can collect this data. Uh, it's good for the model. Uh, because the, the AI model is going to be able to learn. But it's also good for the business that now they have this source of historical data they can look at. 
And regardless of what the model does with it, they can do their own analytics and trending and learn more about their business. Yeah, it's so it's so amazing to me that we weren't really focusing on that 10, 20 years ago. We didn't maybe because you know we didn't have the the powerful machines to actually churn through all this data. But of course, data is a, such a powerful tool when you're running a business and trying to make strategic decisions. And now all our data, now we're finally, this is my AI fall theory again. So AI winters are where you get blocked because there's not enough computer processing power or we don't necessarily know how to do natural language yet. And I feel like we have a lot of things we can do right now, but we don't have the data labeled. So we need to just pause and everybody is trying to play catch up with that. And then we can use all these tools that we have already built now, but we can start seeing what they can really do once everybody gets their data in order because it's in a box in the basement that hopefully didn't flood. Yeah, I like that metaphor. So um, so let's, let's regroup. What are the things you, we should be looking at if we're gonna, if we've been asked by someone to incorporate data, to incorporate machine learning, or even if we're just curious and we're on a product team and we're like, huh, I wonder if we should be thinking about AI. What do we want to tell those people? What should you look at? So again, we want to identify a problem that AI is good at. One one aspect we talked about was, um, can you describe it in a couple of rules, or would it take you, you know, millions, billions of rules? Uh, another would be, is this? Um, is there a, a large human touch that can be quickly sped up? So, so for instance, again, if I'm classifying an email, that may take me one minute as a human to read this email and decide, you know, what bucket should it go into? But for a classifier, that's like a second. So if I have a data problem, that a data volume problem that the humans can't keep up, that's another great opportunity um, to apply some AI. So Andrew Eng has a really good quote about that. Andrew is the founder of what again? Was it Google? Google Brain? Um, Andrew Eng. I, I know who you're speaking of. I think it was Baidu. Uh, I'm not yes. sure which company he was connected to, but I know he did the course, the great Coursera course as well. Yeah, he's amazing. But he, he put out this quote that he kind of got some backlash on, but it was anything a human can do in three seconds or less that's what you should be using AI for. Which I get the backlash part because they're not trying to replace humans, but there's a lot of dumb stuff we do over the course of a day that would be a, not, a lot nicer if a machine could just do it for us. And then we could focus on the harder problems that machines won't be able to do for us. Yes, and that that's a pattern I, I very much see is let's get an AI to handle the simple cases so that we free up our experts to handle the more difficult cases. Yeah, I love... And even just to quickly identify which ones are the difficult cases. Okay, so we talked about, think about whether or not you need AI or if you could just use rules. So if it's a, if it's just a simple if-then series of statements, then you probably need a rule. But if it's something complex, like needing to evaluate a lot of different aspects of an object in order to recognize it, then it's AI. And then you can look at your product and see, are there things that we could automate for our users that would help them get through their day better or faster? Just little dumb things that we do repetitively that the machine could do for us. The next question is going to be, well, what objects, what data do you have to work with? 
Absolutely. I think that's a pretty good start. Love it. Love it. Should we leave it there for today? Yeah, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> we'll we'll see when we when we listen to this later and you can hear the garbage truck drive oh. in the background on my end. No, I'm never gonna listen to it. <laughs> 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 but but it, you know, in all seriousness, that was what like fifteen minutes or so, which which felt like a good good uh, length. Any any more, and I would have had to prepare a lot more. Yeah. Well, we'll get feedback. Well, so to, to everyone listening, we're gonna um, Andrew and I have a lot of ideas for fun things that we want to do with our podcast. But this is just to get started for today. So thanks for listening. Um, we're gonna try and do one every month. And we'll have different things like topics that are helpful for product teams to get started and to understand AI, as well as bringing in experts that we can pick their brains and interview maybe. But anyway, thanks for listening. Please send us feedback so we can make this better for you. And um, Andrew, it was really fun talking to you today. This was great, Jen. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.